The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Yeah. Continuing this exploration of wise right action. And as Tanya um, explored with you the sense of safety, we started with safety today, exploring this sense of what it is to feel safe, what it is to offer safety different explorations of that experience and how through the precepts we can offer that safety to others and we can offer that safety to ourselves and that what that that is what within the eightfold path this factor of wise action um, is concerned with is 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 about is about uh, how it is that um, we can use the precepts to um, to cultivate wholesome qualities within ourselves, to relate to others in a way that also is is wholesome, is safe. And with that, there is, um, you know, several several things that I want to mention. Some uh, kind of key key points that uh, have guided me also in the exploration of um, going deeper, integrating this factor in into my life. The Buddha. Um, taught the precepts uh, as part of this section in the Eightfold Path, which is called Sila. Uh, We have a wise view, wise intention in the wisdom section of the Eightfold Path that we we start using when we choose to, to engage in the perspective of wise view, and then we move into this um, this section of Sila, which starts actually with speech. And this word, you'll see where I'm going with, with this. This word, uh, the English translation, Sila is the, the Pali word, but uh, the English word, the way in which it's translated in English, the primary meaning of Sila is conduct, practice or per, a person's character, person's nature. Um, so it is hard to cultivate sometimes, you know, a, a state of mind which is um, which is peaceful, which is which and give us ease. Uh, 
um, if there's something within our actions that maybe we don't feel aligned or that, um, that we're concerned about. So wise action broadens, expands also into seeing how it is, you know, we have these precepts, but how do we know what criteria do we know to engage in them in a way that supports our actions, in a way that supports well-being for ourselves and for others, in a way that, that we feel aligned, that we feel peace, that we'll, we, we feel... Um, We feel at ease with how okay this is how this is how I'm going to act now. So, like Tanya said, and I, I want to just to have this disclaimer: these these precepts are trainings, guidelines. Sometimes it's translated. Um, uh, as, as things, these, these things, these trainings, these guidelines. And mainly it is to, um, to really not be, um, not having the inclination maybe that uh, to, to go into a more judgmental or moralistic way of engaging into the precepts. Uh, but more of a way of how it is that these precepts, these guidelines, can bring benefit, can bring um, tranquility, can bring peace into our inner life, into cultivating our inner life, so that we can continue engaging in the path, cultivating these wholesome qualities um, of the heart, mind, that will support us in our life. So, a way in which we can explore this is to explore or also the word of integrity. So, integrity, um, you know, in looking within looking looking exploring this word within the context of the precepts if there have been some times that maybe i have act or let me let me back up if i if i'm aware that i'm taking an action there's going to be a resonance there's going to be a response within the body as i'm taking that action have you ever had a moment in which you have act, you have spoken, you have, you have expressed something, and, and suddenly there's like something in the body like, oh, that didn't feel right. Like there's like, like a sensation like, oh, oh, I don't know about that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. You know, like in very quiet, you know. Or, yeah. There's peace or there's ease, you know. There's this sense of expansion or, oh, yeah, this I, uh, 
I, I acted in a way that I, I feel content, I feel aligned. So there within our practice, the four foundations of mindfulness, as we tune into our body, into you know, our practice of mindfulness of the body, that could be very helpful to see how it is how it is that we feel aligned or how it is that we within our inner life internally, how it is that we respond to the actions that we take. Um, you can also notice this, you know, there are some times that we need to make some decisions and at least for me, there have been moments in which I don't even have to think about what it is that or how it is that I need to act. It, there's something that it's just, it's just very clear. There's, an action, there's something like, for example, the example that Tanya gave. Someone you know, may be crossing the street, and if I'm aware, if I'm here in this body, I may, you know, decrease in, in speed and stop and let that person cross. So if I'm speaking to someone else, the tone of my voice may also tell me where it is that this system is. All these different um, signals from this body, mind, can support us in noticing how it is that we are aligned, that we feel at ease within ourselves in how we are responding. And this cultivation of integrity is almost like a container that, that um, we can make reference to. We can go back and check in with ourselves to see how, how it is that we feel in regards to our actions. The <clears throat> definition of integrity in the dictionary is unification, wholeness, alignment, being complete, authenticity. So... I think that is worth the exploration on uh, uh, the exploration of how it is that we relate to this quality in our lives, and we can explore. Uh, we can explore, you know, integrity that that state of mind being in different ways. We can have um, reflections about okay, how it is that I relate to the precepts, in using the precepts. Uh, what are my values, boundaries? Um, what are my beliefs when I took an action or when I spoke? Um, what, what it is for you? Does that word have any meaning for you? Um, another way to contemplated and you know at, at some point I, you know in, in engaging in, in with the precepts I was like 
Well, this is another way to also explore this sense of this word of integrity. It's almost like cousin or a family member of the precepts, you know. Is to ask a question or reflect on what, what is most important to you. What it is most important to you in terms of when you act, is, is it more important to you to act in a way that you seem um, okay with how other people respond to you in terms of your actions? Or is it more important for you to see how it is that you feel first, uh, that you feel aligned within you, or that you feel aligned with the expectations of others? There is all these different ways in which you can explore um, this sense of wholeness and alignment. And so there is a consistency or a continuity. We talk a lot about continuity in this practice, that, you know, continuity is key. Um, And this sense of consistency in terms of how it is that, that we act um, it relates, it brings also the precepts alive too because when we start practicing with the precepts, it's almost like we bring the life to the practice and we have the precepts again as guidelines, as trainings, not as modalistic ways of behaving, but really um, guidelines that oh, I made a mistake. Okay, I start again. Let me go back to that precept that offer us like a check-in to, okay, am I feeling okay within myself about this or not? Or, hmm, my values have changed since I was a teenager. Oh, some values have stayed the same since, you know, from me being a teenager to now being an adult. So, uh, sum- summarizing this, this state, this quality of integrity, is it, a, a process that, that we develop uh, in a deep way within ourselves to see what it is, where it is that we find alignment, wholeness, completeness in our lives. Um, and that supports accountability, ownership, responsibility, love, offering a sense of uh, belonging to others and safety, and gives you the, also the qualities of recognizing when someone is offering you the safety and also the opportunity to say, you, you do, I see you, I see you. Um, so, having said that about integrity, what I want you to remember of all that, again, is how it is that you check in within you to see where you're at. 
in your life in terms of having a sense of, okay, this is the criteria that I use to, to see how it is that, you know, I'm in alignment with my actions, words, and how, how I live my life. Now, shifting now into engaging into the precepts, when I started practicing, I started at some point going to retreats, and that's when I heard about taking on the precepts. I will go to retreat, and after leaving retreat, I will leave the precepts at the retreat center. <laughs> and at some point, I started realizing that those precepts were not staying at the retreat center anymore. I started noticing that as I was practicing, I was caring more about the ants in the kitchen. I was caring more about um, taking something that was not mine, but, you know, I found it. So no one, someone left it there, and I can use that. I will take it. I started caring more. It blew me away that not even with an intention of really engaging in the precepts, that there was something, there was some, some consequences arising of even practicing and taking the precepts on retreat and continuing practicing with mindfulness and um, other factors of the Eightfold Path. So taking on the precepts is a practice too. And there may be moments you know, that the way in which the precepts uh, are written or that you read them uh, may not resonate for you. At the beginning, I was not not interested in taking precepts that will say, do not do this, do not do this. I was completely rebellious. It was like, it was almost like, oh, it's it, like, um, stop uh, being uh, owner of my decisions. Isn't it amazing how this dear mind works? It's like letting go of independence. Gosh, I feel more freedom and independence now as I go deeper in the Dharma. So I was not interested in the precepts. And at some point... Someone read the precepts in this way, which I'm going to read to you. And this is when I took on the precepts. Um, the first precept. Aware of the violence in the world and of the power of nonviolent resistance. I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations and vow to cultivate the compassion that seeks to protect each living being. The second precept. Aware of the poverty and greed in the world and of the intrinsic abundance of the earth 
I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations, and vow to cultivate the simplicity, gratitude, and generosity that have no limits. Third precept. Aware of the abuse and lovelessness in the world and of the healing that is made possible when we open to love, I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations and vow to cultivate respect for the beauty and erotic power of our bodies. The fourth precept. Aware of the falsehood and deception in the world and of the power of living and speaking the truth. I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations and vow to cultivate the ability to listen and clarity and integrity in all I communicate by my words and actions. And the fifth precept, aware of the contamination and desecration of the world and of my responsibility for life as it manifests through me, I stand in the presence of the ancestors, the earth, and future generations and vow to cultivate discernment and care in what I take into my body and mind. So these precepts are from Manzanita Village, um, whose teachers, um, Manzanita Village now, I don't know that they're still offering retreats, but the teachers there, Michelle and Katriona Reed, um, were students uh, from Tignahan. So these, these precepts came out of the five trainings from um, the community of interbeing from Tignahan. So when I read, heard these precepts, then they resonated for me. And it was, it was an acknowledgement that we all resonate with different words, with different uh, teachings, and, and that is okay to practice and bring any of the versions of the precepts that resonate for you, I encourage you to then use that version. There are other uh, versions that um, resonated for me later um, uh, through the Soto Zen practice that, that I have engaged in. is another way of... Uh, saying the precepts, and now it's okay to hear. And even for me, I'm so, I feel grateful that sometimes, especially in moments of stress or irritability or moments in which there's a lot to manage with me, that I remember do not, do not kill do not speak harshly. Now is so helpful. I 
see in my mind this neon light. Do not harm. I love it. Now is the not is almost like, you know, it's other word. There's no identification. There's no. It's like, it is. It is a, a flag. It's safety for me. So different ways. Find the version of the precepts that support you. Um, so with that, also there's this aspect of. Using the precepts, however they resonate for you. Using this sense of alignment, of tuning in into your body to see what it feels okay, brings ease, expansion instead of contraction. And then there's also, but wait a minute, there's, is there any other criteria within the precepts? How any approaches into engaging into the precepts? Not only, okay, let me just not do this. So I'm just going to give you <clears throat> some ideas on how to use different criterias to cultivate, cultivate the precepts, the practice of uh, engaging into the pre- precepts in your life. <clears throat> so number one is thinking and relating the precepts with positive qualities that are associated with each precept. So, for example, for the first one, the one that says do not kill, we can associate that precept with being compassionate toward all living beings. The second precept which has to do with speech, we can also relate it to reunite those divides and promoting friendship. With harsh speech, we can speak gently and courteous. Courteous. Yeah? Courteous. Courteous. Thank you. Um, if we're at work and there's gossiping going on and it's juicy and we're there and suddenly we remember the precepts, we can speak what is factual and good and stop, move, remove ourselves from that situation. If there's ill will that arises in us, we um, can wish others that they're free from affliction. We can wish to ourselves to be free from affliction. So relating positive qualities to different precepts. The second one, and I already talked about this, is relate our direct experience, how it is that it feels in the body when we are conscious when we're consciously engaging in the precepts, how does it feel that direct experience? Recognizing um, how does it feel in the body? Um, the third, the fourth one, oh, I'm sorry, the, the third one could be to relate it to two or three concepts. I already 
mentioned one, non-harming. When there's a version in me that I'm feeling like, okay, I'm going to act, and I feel, I'm feeling the body like moving like kind in a rough way, non-harming, non-harming, non-harming. We can also remember wholesome, wholesome, wholesome qualities. And we can also remember, is this causing suffering or is this causing happiness? So, different ways to relate to the precepts that can bring protection, that can bring signs that will guide us in how we relate to ourselves and others, and that can support us in developing qualities of our personal character that um, will support our well-being and the well-being of others. So, let's take a moment to see how all these words land. having a sense of these guidelines that the Buddha offered. Checking in with ourselves in how we feel in terms of being aligned, of how we want to act and live our lives. And remembering that there are many different ways in which we can relate to the precepts at different moments in our lives. So with that, we're going to break into groups, small groups. So find um, three other Kalyamita friends. Other three persons that um, you would like to explore and play and practice for the upcoming minutes. So groups of four, right, Rupini? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you want to introduce yourself to the other members. Maybe you did it already since everyone now is like quiet <laughs> or or <laughs> great. So I have two questions for you to explore. And the way in which we're going to do these exercises, I'm going to give you the question, and one person will answer with one sentence. Not, not, don't go into a, a long response, but 
what comes to mind as you hear the question. Then the next person will go one or two sentences. The fourth, the third person will go. The fourth person will go. And then you can continue in the circle one more round. It will build on as maybe you listen to others and it resonates for you. Okay? And I will ring the bell when, <clears throat> when we switch to the next question, but that's, that's the main format. Are there any questions about the format, how we're going to do this? <clears throat> it will, uh, the person that will start is the person um, with longer hair in the group. Okay, okay, so the first question is, the first question is, when I am acting with integrity, I feel, and this, you answer there, again, when I'm acting with integrity, I feel, blah, 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 okay, so each person We'll have like around two, three minutes. I will ring the bell. Wait, wait, wait. Just to make sure that we will move into the second question and make space for everyone to participate, okay? So the second question is, when I am not acting with integrity or not sure... If I am acting with integrity, I feel, and then you can share your experience. One more time, when I'm not acting with integrity, or I'm not sure if I am acting with integrity, I feel, and now the person with shorter hair can begin. You have four minutes to go around. <laughs> Thank your partners and come back to the big circle now for continuing with this exploration of wise action, right action. Anything that you want to share, any questions, protests, celebrations, anything that you would like to give voice to? Um, I found that as a group we, we, ten, we had this kind of like tendency to feel like, oh yeah, acting with integrity is, is this makes us feel good and it's a, we all feel good and sleep well at night and acting without integrity makes us feel terrible and there's all these negative consequences. But I also kind of wanted 
my group and to offer to the wider group that we all act without integrity and sometimes and, and with integrity. And so I just wanted to offer gentleness around our very human experience of sometimes we don't have integrity and sometimes we do. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for bringing that uh, to all of us. Because, yes, we're humans. Yes, yes. <laughs> if it is, sometimes we forget we are. And, you know, we put, you know, we set these high standards for ourselves and others. And, you know, this is why this is, this is a training. So, yeah, be gentle to yourself, be kind to yourself. Anyone else? That very insightful comment makes me think about um, also being aware when others are not acting with integrity and where we choose to go with that or how we choose to respond to that. Yeah. Yes. It is, you will see how the entire path will support all of us, in seeing how, what, what it is, what we make out of those moments. And, you know, how it is that those moments, especially before acting and responding, to be mindful of what, what goes through your mind um, will impact the next action and the next action and the next action, your relationships. So, yeah. Thank you. So I think there's um, something a little more, like, uh, you know, these precepts are uh, different than um, like moral dictates that, you know, can get handed down in a kind of an institutionalized religious setting yes. because they're defined as all under the scope of not doing harm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh so that means there might be times where you do lie and you feel that it's not doing harm. It's actually creating harmony. Um, and uh, I think the, um, going to the um, point of being compassionate with ourselves around adhering to the precepts is to recognize that... Uh, at the time you take action, you might feel like it was the non-harmful thing to do. And then you might reflect on it later and feel like, well, actually, it created harm and I hadn't really realized that it did. And um, so I'm just sharing that, like, uh, focusing on the precepts makes me grapple with some of the actions I've taken uh, around whether they're harmful because it's not absolutely it's not absolutely defined mm-hmm. and uh it's help it was helpful helpful for me to the reminder to be kind to myself about uh you know things that i've done and mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, to be again, it's, it's, it's nice that we, even within ourselves, we repeat it, you know, like be gentle and mm-hmm. kind to yourself. And I, I love that you bring this, this, uh, um, what you talked about, how it is that sometimes after the action, well, actually, I don't know, you know. There is a teaching that the Buddha gave to his son when he was a child, um, child teenager, in, for those kind of situations. He said to his son, Rahula, before, before acting, reflect on what you're going to do while you're acting, if you can, reflect on what you're going to do. And after, if you, after acting, reflect on what you did. So, you know, if he gave this teaching to his son, young person, maybe we can, we can still use it as we grow into being adults with kindness and gentleness. So we can we can go back and oh, maybe maybe not okay. What can I do next time? And starting over again. Any anyone else? Any questions? Any other reflections? Concerns. Uh, talking about, it occurred to me, given part one of we talked about being safe, and it occurred to me how much that plays a role or not being safe can undermine acting with integrity, that there's quite a connection between the two phenomena, and it's something to be aware of. Yes. This does, yes, very... Very insightful, Mark. Yeah. Can I add something here? Sure. Just also to recognize that um, what makes one person feel safe isn't necessarily the same as what makes another person feel safe. So to add complexity to what Mark is referencing, that, um, you know, in a situation that we might find it easy to act with integrity, another person may find it um, very difficult and so part of the idea here is to maybe be curious and interested in what conditions are supportive for other people to be at ease and to feel a sense of safety, not just our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remembering we all have different reference points within safety, within integrity. Just really simply, maybe just some people who are extroverted might feel much safer when they can express themselves freely and loudly and boisterously, where somebody who is more introverted might have the opposite experience. And this is not one person being bad or wrong, but Mm -hmm. two personalities or two cultures or two ways of being. That, um, that brought something up for me, which was that I have a family member who used to and has through meditation improved this, but felt that it was always necessary to speak the absolute truth. 
<laughs> and that can sometimes be painful. And all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. One more. Feel complete. No more? Okay. Um, in our group discussion, I uh, happened to notice that when um, we talked about uh, acting without integrity, a lot of it evolved around um, reactivity mm. and how we, oh, how we a lot of the times... Um, exercise behaviors that are dictated by our reactivity and our conditionality and how being aware of that can really help reshape our behavior. Uh, Also, it's um, we need people to demonstrate integrity in order to learn what it looks like and how to do it. And so what, for me, when, uh, what does it feel like when you don't show, in, uh, you know, act with integrity? It was more like when I'm around other people who don't have integrity, then I tend to lose it. Or it's easier to lose it. But when you're around people who demonstrate it, then it's easier to, dem- you know, to, to be that way as well. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness can be contagious. <laughs> um, in response to the, to the woman talk about a relative and honesty, um, I've often heard that uh, being brutally honest is first and foremost brutal. <laughs> I want to add also, actually, that also the most one of the most painful things you can do to somebody is ignore them to not speak. So, you know, it's just complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are many different layers. You know, it's not... It could be simple, and it could become very complex. So, again, gentleness, compassion, and know that our practice is to start again. Every moment is a fresh moment. Every moment is a fresh moment. And there may be moments that, you know, amendments are necessary or celebrations are necessary or a process of reconciliation are necessary, is necessary. You know, there's a little bit for everything. But we have Sangha. We have ourselves. And take refuge, taking refuge in your practice, knowing that there are other people on the path that you can reflect on this things with and enjoy it enjoy enjoying engaging in the precepts and and recognizing how it is that they bring well-being for you and you know engaging in into the path in many different ways any of the factors of the path i think um 
You know, I appreciate what you're saying, Bruni, about, you know, starting over in each moment and um, and also the Rahula teaching um, to just kind of, you know, we can have really good intentions and we can feel like we're acting in integrity and then we can find that something's going wrong. You can feel it. And in those moments, what's more important than your integrity or your intention like defending your integrity, I mean, is just noticing the suffering, mm-hmm. noticing that something doesn't feel right, and caring about that, so that we don't get caught in our ego or self-defensiveness, but just if, if we're trying to do well and we've fumbled in some way that we didn't anticipate, that we can soften around, oh, wow, wait, tell me what's happening for you. What did that mean to you? And just receive and show up. And in that way, we are doing what the Buddha taught Rahula to do, right? Which is to be mindful and reflect before, during, and after. And then to respond to the suffering. Beautiful. So, dear friends, let's sit together a few minutes before closing the the afternoon our time together so few announcements Next month, um, after the, the uh, gathering, the class, there'll be tea and snacks. Yes. Let's do some community so, building. Yes, <laughs> community building, belonging together. Yes. Thank you all for your sincerity and your practice here. May you be well. Take care. <laughs>